You're listening to Rody and Linelli. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. With Richard Rodewalt. Richard, what were you doing? And Greg Linelli. Calm down, Greg, it's soccer. Brought to you by Fandings. He touches me. These are your competitors, Richard Rodewalt and Greg Linelli. You guys in MySpace or? Welcome, welcome, and wake up, Las Vegas! Every day I bust Greg's eardrums. I'm making him a little more deaf by the day. How are you, Greg? I'm doing very well, buddy. I mean, have you noticed that I continue to kind of move down? You move in the away studio because my ears are just—it's it, too much. Both from the yelling and the canoodling that takes place during There's breaks. Canoodling. There's canoodling. There is canoodling. There's a bit sure. of a bromance that goes on within our show. We're we're a um, we're a small little family. We are. Hang around, do a little lair, a little larping. I like it. We don't do that. I'm sorry. Okay. I took it to them. We're I not, you're being honest. No, we're not doing the live. We we don't do lair or larping. I'm not dressing up as a knight and playing with foam swords. I don't think you should be dressing up. It's too anything, Rody. I mean, you're a grown man. Don't it's dress. I mean, much. even even like look, we've had this conversation about Halloween's. Like, I I don't know how you feel about it, but I think you get to a certain age, you don't stop wearing up. jerseys and you stop dressing up. Stop wearing jerseys, especially you guy who paid. 29 grand for the front row seats oh. to wear the jersey over top of your business attire. Now, he's going to ha- that guy has to have a jersey, right? I mean, you pay that type of money, you might as well go all in and pretty much say I'm a jock sniffer. Yeah. That's exactly what you're saying. You you like the smell of the the undercarriage. You the you nether like, regions intrigue you of professional you like athletes. Like Steph Curry that much you're wearing his jersey. You're jealous of Aisha Curry. There there is honestly 29 that, that almost Touching it breaks tips. my heart a little bit. To spend that type of money on a sporting twenty nine, yeah, because you bought two tickets, you paid sixty grand. Like, you know the kind of stock I could buy for sixty thousand dollars, right? I mean, even even if we had that type of money to throw around, I would feel guilty throwing it around outside of like buying a home. Do you know the fun you could have if you just took a grand of that in singles and went and made it rain at some club at Vegas? Yes. Like, could you imagine you in Vegas? This is the okay. This is the problem I have with Vegas. Okay, spent a pretty penny while I was out there. What I consider a pretty penny. I spent a little bit of money while I was out there this last time. But like, I literally was eating buffets every day, gambling every day, played in poker tournaments. Yeah, I could probably spend more and gamble more. I don't understand unless you have a problem. Yeah, I don't understand how people go out there and blow through a hundred thousand dollars. Can we get Johnny Manziel on? Maybe we can ask him. Let's follow the coke trail back to his room. Absolutely. Apparently they found him. I mean, I I guess, uh, 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 let me rephrase it. I get how people do it. I understand what they're purchasing. I don't think I could ever do it. I could never look at somebody and say, give me the $1,000 bottle of vodka. No. When I know I can go pay $60 and sit in this poker tournament and drink all night for free. And by the way, that vodka? probably tastes the same it, look after about three drinks it all tastes the same yeah i'm sorry but it all tastes the same good for you look i love it i just it it kind of uh 
interested me. Now I get it. If you have that money and you want to purchase your fifty-eight grand on tickets, your 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 favorite car or your your dream home, I get that because now you, I mean, Rody, we've talked about it. That's you a, decking out your studio yeah, that you a, have at home, which is going to be tremendous. That's a ten to thirty-year I mean, investment, probably though. That's not four hours at a basketball game. That there's no guarantee your team. Could you imagine if they lost? That's why I wouldn't pay for tickets to go see the Cavs in the finals. If they lost and I shelled out five grand to sit in the nosebleeds, I would want to jump off a roof. And what do you get out of that? Like, they, they win or lose, but what you don't affect the game. Like, if they lose especially, it's kind of like, all right, I'm a fan. Right. What do you, I mean, you maybe get the memories, but your memory to, yeah. is I no, spent 6000 I would like, if it didn't affect me bill-wise, like, for me, look... I don't think you should be able to weigh in on this because you're spoiled. <laughs> the Supers have won the, the the Steelers have won how many Super Bowls? The Penguins have won how many cups? You get to experience this thing. We've got our bling. You you yeah. It's the city of champions for a reason in Pittsburgh. I'm, I'm glad. Look, I'm glad at least you've admitted that. I mean, we've been working together for a long time, and they, we are the city of champions. Right. Well, like for me, like I'm making plans now. I'm telling my wife we're going to argue about this tonight. Yeah. Not tonight, but if by for some ungodly forsaken chance the Cavs get to three wins, every closeout game they play against the Warriors, I'm keeping my son up for. <laughs> okay, I like that. He's going to sit and watch the game with me on the couch. I'll, I don't care if he falls asleep on the couch because a lesson will be learned, Greg. One way or another, you will either learn what it's like to be a Cleveland sports fan and watch them lose and choke away their chance at the championship, or you will cry and enjoy this moment with your dad. Will That's, you cry? Oh, in yes. all honesty, yes. I mean, come on. I mean, you're. I'll, like I'll probably have. A, I'll, I'll have a moment. <laughs> I'll probably take a moment. It might get a little dusty. It's not going to be like streaming, but I'm happy for. Like, I'm excited for you. You know, it's funny. Both of our hometowns are competing for championships. They are, and don't tell my wife this, but like, I didn't even cry at my wedding. Well, that's okay. It I was mean, a I happy occasion, but this is a happy occasion too. Like Who's I cried, I cried when, at their wedding. I cried when my kids were born. Yes, that's that was, a, that's a moment. I was able to play it off at the wedding though, because we were outside. It was July, and the sun was in my eyes, so I was squinting real tight. Yeah. So I smiled. I probably looked like a big dork, but really, uh, look. Let's let's kind of have this conversation too. The wedding mm-hmm. for the man is overrated. Mm, I think a wedding's overrated in general because well, it's yes. the biggest money pits it you is. may experience it is and um <laughs> oh you need you need wedding invitations okay cost this oh you need those flowers that's this now you had yours outdoors yeah we were on buckeye nice. lake because nice. look we were looking at all these <laughs> because of what you just said i talked my wife into mm-hmm. some sense we were going on a cruise for our honeymoon mm-hmm. and i was like why are we going to spend all this money on everybody else to have a good time at our wedding mm-hmm. let's spend it on us for the honeymoon <laughs> I don't begrudge anybody that that wants to do something like that. I mean, we had Whatever 50 you people do. there. Yeah, we had 50 people there. It was nice. My wife's grandmother has a nice house on a Buckeye Lake with a dock that goes out on the lake, so we were on the dock. Right. It was nice. We got a DJ. We got some food, and we had a nice, chill, relaxed evening. Yeah. Nothing wrong with but that. But for the man, the wedding, you just want to get through it. Well, and it's not your day. It's not. You just want to make sure your wife is happy. That she gets everything she wants, because for you, it's like, let me get out of here without punching a family member in the neck. Especially for me. Well, you know how I feel about family. No doubt. I don't care to be around you. No. No. 
How did if, we get if, here? In fact, if it was just you and your wife getting married, you would have been fine with that. Uh, Maybe a couple of, you know, friends and, and brothers and, and I things. threatened it, like, the week before. My wife's mother was giving her to the business about something and complaining, and I, I called her, and I was like, look, I'm, like, five minutes away from us going down to the courthouse. And you would have been okay with that? I would have been fine with it. I agree. Like, you guys can all shut your mouths, yeah. know your role, and sh- sit where I tell you to sit. You don't have to come to the wedding. Nope. Not at all. That's how But it anyways, $58,000. A lot of money. It's a lot of money. I mean, it's look. Is that how much? Is that how much Michigan is paying for these camps? <laughs> <laughs> we will talk about that a little bit later. Is that how much that uh, you need uh, a vaccination at least to have one maybe developed for the Zika virus? You bring up the Zika virus, and who was it? Francisco Rodriguez. Francisco Rodriguez. I was shocked when I read this story. Dismayed. I was just. I was, I mean, I, I'm flabbergasted because we had just talked about this yesterday share about the, athletes. Share the story with people. All right. So he is from Venezuela. He contracted the virus, the Zika virus. Contracted means got. Yes. So for, this, for the layman. Right. This past off season, and he really started to learn how serious the illness was. Now, he was laid up for two weeks with severe body aches, joint pain, headaches, and a bunch of other symptoms. Sounds like my everyday. Right. Uh, and, you know, he went on to say, you know, typically he's like, it wasn't the flu because if I had the flu in a couple of days, I'm popping in, you know, medicine and I'm usually good two to three days. I get the shakes, but, you know, I'm fine. And he goes, it, it just lingered. And I guess it lingered all the way to the start of spring training. Jeez. And. I guess, you know, my, my question to you would be, I mean, they don't have obviously a cure for this. So my thing is, I mean, did this just get out of his system? Is this something that he's always going to have? I mean, because, you know, a virus obviously different than the touch of the Zika. And the other thing, too, is that, that we're not talking about. What if you're one of his teammates? Like, uh. you know, how these guys are you spend more time with your teammates than you do with your family members. You're taking showers. You're you're changing. You're in locker rooms. You're sitting next to a guy. I mean, it's part of you kind of sitting there going, um, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to kind of sit over there. I'm not going to sit next to you in the locker room. And you know what? I'm going to shower at home. Yeah, I'm going to bring my own towels. I mean, honestly, when you feel, I mean, I would. I would feel a little bit awkward like, right, dude, they they don't have a cure for this and you had it. <laughs> I mean, bro, somebody help me out here. But we have a little like there's something wrong with us. Like, we think about those things. I couldn't get you on the subway in New York City. Oh. There's a lot worse than the Zika virus going around New York City. It's worse. The subway in New York or the Zika virus? Which would you rather do? Shake Francisco Lindor's hand for five minutes straight or lick the rail going into the subway station in New York City? Good God. Do, I, do, 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 do. I feel like there's a cure if I lick something down in that subway <laughs> that, that we Hold have on. out there. Can, can we let's clean this up a little bit because that can be misconstrued if you lick something down in the subway. Look, if Francisco Rodriguez sticks his hand out and wants to shake my hand, knowing he has like, the Zika virus, probably like what Carl Malone did when Magic Johnson first came out and participated in the All Star game and said, "I have HIV," and 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 yeah. Carl, I was like, "I don't know if I'm going to play in this game." <laughs> There's that there's that moment I have right now where I'm going, um, let's do a fake pound. Which would you 
Which would you rather do? Lick the rail going into the subway Ooh. in New York City. Oh. Or <laughs> have a night of whatever kind of floozy fling and you can't remember in the Olympic Village <laughs> down in Rio. It's absolutely New York. Here we come. <laughs> New York, here we come. Because, I mean, like I said, I think... Greg lines up for the 100-meter dash the next day. He's like, a little hitch in his giddy up there. He's walking kind of funny to the starting blocks. I mean, you would see me in the doctor's office right after I did that, and I'm, I'm taking all these shots and vaccinations. But I, I, I'm, I'd like to think there's a cure for whatever there is on those railings than there is, you know, obviously right now with disease. I mean, look, we're making fun of this, but that's a big deal. Like, there, there are kids there are infants that are i mean you you've seen some of the pictures that's a serious deal now they're going over to the olympics in brazil where that could be a major concern for these athletes you're and right and some of them are already pulling out and i don't blame them and look the rodi Linelli show it's enhanced by the fanning sports debate app download it to your iphone and we want to ask you how would you feel as a teammate Ooh. knowing that francisco rodriguez has this really mystery virus that we really don't know what to do with yet i would be, I, well, honestly I'm, you don't I'm, even know I'm how not, you ca- you don't even know how you catch it like that's the thing that's the thing like i don't know anything really about, like okay so you said you had it for a couple of weeks but i'm sure it's still in your system you're talking about a virus yeah. i mean how does that how does that how do you cure that they they don't know and so you're in a locker room and again it, you know baseball locker rooms aren't as dirty or as smelly as hockey locker rooms but you're still around 25 20 i mean more guys who knows what's being passed around? You're absolutely right. I would be. I mean, look, that's your job. You're gonna have to show up. You're gonna. I mean, it's not like I'm not gonna report, but I certainly would be like, all right, uh, Francisco's coming in. I'm gonna go that way. One thing you don't have to worry about passing around, Greg, is this wonderful offer that we have from Omaha Steaks. Uh, we told you about it. We're gonna keep telling you about it. Leading up to Father's Day, if you need a gift, hop on this. They're really great about their turnaround time and getting things delivered. I just ordered another package yesterday. It's going to be there by Friday. So Wednesday to Friday. We're going to get Father's Day package. We're going to get things done. It's the Father's Day package. And for a limited time only, Omaha Steaks, when you type in RLS for Rody Linelli Show in the search bar, when you go to the website, make sure you type that in the search bar. Our package will come up. And what you get is a $250 package for only $49.99. Greg, how do you beat that? Well, you don't, and like you said, you've already ordered a couple. I'm ordering a couple. My friends are ordering a couple. The Fandings community, we are starting to order these for our fathers or our father figures. So um, there's such – and when you mentioned our package, I mean, we have to specify it's a meat package. Meat package. Which is good. I, I, I Look, the more, the more meat, the better. Well, and here's the thing. It shows up in a cooler. You can freeze it, and guess what we have right around the corner after Father's Day, the 4th of July. Another cookout, and it's not just this great big package that's got sirloin steak, hamburgers, hot dogs. They've got chicken. They've got shrimp. They've got lobster. Fries. They've got fries. Fries in there. Who doesn't love fries? So make sure you order this package. Use our code RLS. And again, Omaha Steaks, one hundred percent guaranteed. If you're not happy, they will replace it for you. They're guaranteeing it. Guaranteed. We like Uh, another guarantee. We've talked about the Madden curse before on this show, right? Uh, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. is tempting fate twice. He already kind of got by the Madden curse without having a bad season. Right. Um, he's tempting fate, Greg. Mm. Rumors are he is dating Khloe Kardashian, and no man comes back from that. 
No man. No man survives we, the Kardashian family. Why are we talking about these? Because I feel th- like it is our... We are men. I know we're men. And it is our duty to look out for other men. Yeah, but guys, there, there are certain guys, regardless of the advice we give, and we give sound advice, they're not going to listen to us. Let's go down the list, though. Kanye West, one of the biggest names in the music industry, broke, filing for bankruptcy. Is he broke, though? Is he really broke? I mean, probably not. Come on. Reggie Bush has been a bust, you could argue, in the NFL. He's the one who got it all started. Chris Humphreys, is he even still alive? <laughs> Boy, that that had the most drama, I felt. It does. Bruce Jenner is an Olympic hero. The Queen Bee. Yes. And there's rumors he wants to come back. He's a, he's, male, right? a, he, he's a woman now. Again, yeah. no man makes it makes it out. It's a good point by you. It's a good run, point by you. Run, run, and for the love of everything, holy! I, what is it that is enticing about these women? Unless you just want attention. James Harden even had a down year this year. He did, he did, and Lamar. I mean, Lamar almost died. He did. I, but I don't get what attracts people. These like I look at I look at Kim Kardashian and I see a largemouth bass. I just see a giant fish looking at me speaking nonsense. You know what it was, man? It's the fact that this girl, her sister, made a sex tape. Well, Khloe Kardashian, too. Did, she's Did she make a sex tape? No, Kim made the sex tape. Kim, Kim made That's it. What I'm I, I didn't know if Kim Khloe looks did like yet. a fish. Khloe. Yeah. Khloe looks like Kirstie Alley with a better tan. She looks like China. God rest ah. her soul. <laughs> God rest her soul. God rest her soul. Too soon? Yes. Too yeah. soon, Drake? A little too nah, soon. No, no, nothing, I don't think anything's too soon, but I mean, she she's manly looking. I mean, what people called her was Chewbacca. They did, and I know you're not a Star Wars guy, but oh, you've I know, seen. I know who Chewie is. Before. Look, I, you're right. I mean, I, I think also people. I think these athletes probably feel like their profile will be raised by being connected to that family. How much should one man tempt fate? <laughs> you know, like why? There's a million women out there, and there you're are. a professional athlete, and that's the one you want to go after. A really? million, million. Well, there's there's more than a million women. There's, there's more like than for sure a billion. Yeah, there's lots Billions. of women. There's like a million women in New York, or like eight million women in New York. <laughs> that's very true. That's very true. So there's a lot. All right, it's prediction time, Greg. Let's get into the NBA Finals. We've I'm, been waiting. I'm loving this. this. Before we get to Nick Alberga from SiriusXM NHL Radio, you caught up with him. I want to in this segment get to. The NBA Finals. I'm going to let you go first because we both know I'm emotionally attached. I know you're emotionally attached. I'm having issues today. Um, I can't wait till the night. It's crazy. Let me let me just give a, a little bit of analysis, and we can go back and forth before I give you my prediction. Uh, first off, I'm excited to see what Cleveland can do healthy. Yes. I think we are right. I mean, last year we watched some of the finals together. It'll be nice to see Kevin Love, Kyrie Irving, and LeBron what? together going against Golden State. I'm also intrigued to see what type of lineup Cleveland goes with Rhodey if they decide that small ball is not working. In other words, does Timothy Mozgov, who's really been non-existent dead. in these playoffs, does he get an opportunity? He's dead. <laughs> they sent him back to Russia. They, and I, I can't blame them if, if he did, but is he a guy that's going to have a role? Does Tristan Thompson have an impact no. In these series. I mean, does Tristan Channing does. Mozgov does not have a role. Well, he doesn't. But does he if small ball doesn't work out? 
Here's the thing with the Cavs. I think if they wanted to go big, them going big would consist of Thompson, um, Thompson, Love, Fry, and Fry all playing at the same time. I, th- I mean, you, and I, I agree with that. And I, I think we both agree that Channing Fry is probably going to play pretty decent minutes. He'll play. Game. Yeah, he'll probably get 15 to 20 minutes a night. But he's, he's starting to hit some shots for him. Here's the thing, though. The Everybody looks at the Cavs as small. They call it small ball because Tristan Thompson is a small center. Sure. They're, they have length at every other position. Kyrie Irving is a nice-sized point guard. Right. J.R. Smith is a good-sized shooting guard, and LeBron is a train as a small forward. Right. Kevin Love's about average, maybe a little lower on the weight size, and he plays more finesse as a four. Right. And Tristan Thompson is a short center. I don't think rim protection is what you need against Golden State, though. <laughs> That's the thing. But do you think those guys will be able to not, – not LeBron – I'm talking more about Kevin Love. I'm talking about Tristan Thompson. When you when they do go small ball, to be able to defend. Here's what I expect to happen. I expect Kyrie Irving to probably guard Harrison Barnes. I expect J.R. Smith to guard Steph Curry. And I expect it'll be either it'll either be Kyrie Irving or Tristan Thompson on um, Harrison Barnes. Okay. Kyrie will either be on Barnes or he'll be on Clay Thompson because Clay is not really going to beat you off the dribble as much as Steph Curry. J.R. Smith will guard Steph Curry. LeBron will guard Draymond Green. And I expect Love to be on Bogut. And Bogut, Bogut doesn't score. So no, Love he doesn't. Okay. And and the one thing Love can do is rebound. The thing is, is everybody gets so caught up in these matchups. That's for like the first six to seven minutes of the games, and then you have substitutions. I mean, you're really mixing and matching who you're guarding all game long. So, who has the better bench? Ooh, I, I would probably give the edge to Golden State. Iguodala. I just oh. think I, I think they're more comfortable in their roles with cat with the Cavs. You know what you're going to get out of Delhi, but it's a wild card what you're going to get out of Shumpert and Jefferson and Fry every night. I think the Cavs have the more talented bench. I think the Warriors are more settled in and comfortable with their roles off the bench. The, the only reason why I brought up the Mozgov um, situation, and you're right, there's a good chance he doesn't play. But we did see Oklahoma City at least with some of their bigs. And I, I'm talking more more with Steve Adams, but Cantus, uh, you know, or yeah. a little bit with what he was able to do. They can move, though. Mozgov can't play defense. That much? Yeah. Adams Adams, and Cantor can at least get out on the, the perimeter and pick up the, the switch on the pick and roll. Mozgov cannot. In, in, in complete honesty, the reason the Cavs lost the finals last year is because they isolated Mozgov and attacked him downhill in games four, five, and six. Mm. That's I mean, they had Draymond Green come off that pick, and they had Mozgov brought away from the basket, and it just opened everything up for them. Um, what's your prediction? So with that all being said, um, I'm, I have faith in the Kyrie Irving and the Kevin Love being healthy and LeBron James understanding that, you know, his legacy a little bit is still on the line. I don't think you want to lose another final. I mean, it, it may happen, but I don't, I don't think he is going to allow that. So I think this goes seven games and I think Cleveland finally brings home a championship. I appreciate that. Yeah. I appreciate that. I'm going to take emotion out of it. Okay. And this is this is simply from an analysis standpoint. Obviously, I, I'm rooting for the Cavs to sweep Golden State and make it easy on my heart. Absolutely. Um, 
but taking emotion out of it and looking at it, there's a couple things that concern me. And one is how much they have Kyrie Irving go over the screen on the pick and roll. And I okay. have to see that Tyron Lue does not have Kyrie Irving guarding Steph Curry. That I if if they start off Kyrie that, guarding Steph, I think he can, but I think it's it's a recipe for disaster because uh, we saw it even with the Hawks. You can't let them play basically a half court fast break mm-hmm. all the time. And when you have Kyrie Irving going over top of the screen, thirty five feet away from the basket, it's a recipe for disaster. I would dare Golden State to shoot 53 pointers a game and beat me that way mm-hmm. as good as they are from it. Um, and the other thing is it'll depend on if the Cavs, they won't shoot the three as well as golden state in this series, but they've got to do it incrementally better than what Oklahoma city did. Maybe make 12 to 14 threes a night. I mean, Oklahoma city was like five for 17 from three. Probably and, to that point, Kevin loves probably got a knockdown and, I was going to say, Kevin Love's got to be the guy to knock them down. And he's been inconsistent these playoffs, right, Rodi? I mean, the jump shot's been there, and then at times it, it hasn't. It hasn't. So you have that. I, I need to see that. If that happens, and then here's the other thing. And this is what I think people discount all the time, and I've, I've been saying it for months, actually. Golden State does not value the basketball. And I'm not just talking about turning it over. They'll turn it over 15 times a game. That's going to happen. But even with their possessions, they take a lot of bad shots that are bailed out because they make them. Right. But they probably make them 30 or 40% of the time. To me, that's the same as a turnover. The Cavs do not do that. They value the basketball and they don't turn it over. In large part, Golden State was beaten by Oklahoma City, and Oklahoma City couldn't close out quarters, and they have the same problem where they do not value the basketball. Does that become negated if Cleveland falls in love with a three-point shot? It does. It does. But that's I don't concern for you on that thing. No, because I don't think they'll have to fall in love. Look, I I also think Golden State's a very overrated defensive team. There are holes all you're giving up 70 points and a half to essentially two players. Sure. Against Golden State. The Cavs are a better team or against Oklahoma City. The Cavs are a better team than Oklahoma City. I, I get Top the sense already. Just I, let me get let me let me take your temperature. I get the sense talking to you about Golden State and specifically Steph Curry that you're not sold on them completely. I'm not. That that yeah, they won a championship, but there was smoke and mirrors a little bit last year. They're a flawed team that won, and Steph Curry, for as good as he is offensively, I, I'm not sure he's as good as everybody thinks he is. I think there's a lot of – I think there's a lot of – look, I think Steph is a very, 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 very good player. Is he better than Kyrie? Um, Yes. Would you take Kyrie over Steph? Yes. I would because Steph has a tendency to self-check himself when things aren't going well. I I don't think Steph has I don't I honestly don't think Steph has the mental toughness that Kyrie has, and that's the difference. Kyrie's a guy that's come back from turnovers or from uh, injuries, from being on a last place team, and then basically having LeBron come and put him in his place and know his role. I think. Kyrie is mentally tougher than Steph. Steph will get in his own head when the shot's not falling and he can't dance and play to the crowd and do all that stuff. Steph, it's not often, but you see it. That being said, Steph Curry's a very, very, very good player. And it's not so much not being sold on them. It's 
the way the media fawns over Steph Curry. The and way, I think that's the media's fault. That's not Steph right. Curry's fault. It's the way they refuse to point out the fact that Golden State does not cherish and take care of the basketball. That they, they too, have flaws. Yeah. We act like they're this immovable object. Right. They also are a flawed team. You also couple it with the fact that you hear all the time about the Cavs' easy path to the finals. In the first two rounds, Detroit and Atlanta had better records than the first two rounds of opponents that the Warriors played. Isn't the Western Conference in basketball kind of like the SEC? Yeah, it's it, there's that perception that perception for so long versus it was the case. Yeah, but it's it's not. So with know? that being said, I think the Cavs will show up, and I, I I'm going to take Cavs in six. Ooh, they close okay. it out at home. If it goes seven, the Cavs lose. So it will be Cavs and six or Warriors and seven. The Cavs will not win if this player doesn't play out of his mind. And take LeBron James out of it being very obvious. Is there a player there that you think, whether it's a role player or whether it's a starter? Define out of his mind. Better than what his numbers indicate, at least in the playoffs and the regular season. I think as long as everybody does what they've been doing. So you think they'll be fine? Yeah, as long as everybody does what they've been doing, they'll be fine. It's going to be a fun series. I, I'm and the Draymond Green Lebron James matchup that you mentioned too, because I know how much you like Draymond Green as a basketball player. Oh, I love player. Draymond Green. And again, it's I don't hate the Warriors. I don't hate Steph Curry. I think Steph Curry's a great player. That being said, there's a reason he's only on a forty-four million dollar contract, and he didn't flourish until it's like the guy. It's like let, let's let's equate it to baseball, okay? Think of how good Barry Bonds would have been as a hitter if he had Manny Ramirez and David Ortiz protecting him in the lineup. Barry Bonds was still great. Now, what was David Ortiz before he had great hitters protecting him in the lineup? What was he before he took PED? Well, that too. But before you had all these other pieces protecting Steph Curry, allowing him to be who he is because you have to guard him one-on-one because you can't double him. LeBron Can you make James, that case for every great player, though? No, because LeBron James gets double-teamed. Kyrie Irving gets double-teamed. He does. but Steph you, Curry never gets double-teamed. He will dribble through traffic when people are looking at him, sure. but that's not really double-teaming Steph Curry because you can't leave Klay Thompson open. You can't leave Draymond Green open. You can't leave Harrison Barnes open. That's like They have a great, great team, and I'm not poo-pooing Steph for taking advantage of that I think he just gets a little more credit than he deserves when you look at how great the rest of his teammates are mm-hmm. it, look there's there's I mean the Splash Brothers one of the great shooting tandems we have seen Draymond Green as you have made the case is a guy that is just as valuable as Steph Curry so for sure I mean he has a lot of great players surrounding him um, I'm interested to see to your point that we've talked about the bench play I think for yep. both teams and how does Channing Fry? I mean, whether he starts or comes up, does he have? Because he's going back to the Phoenix Sundays where he yeah. was knocking down some shots. I mean, they'll need they'll need about they'll the need, first game against Detroit. They'll need about eight to ten points a game from him. Take that in a heartbeat. They'll need about eight to ten points a game from him. You know, the other thing too, and I, I again, Channing Fry, I agree with you, Rody. The eight to ten points, being able to knock down shots, but again, I, I keep going back to. When we take a look at this Cleveland Cavaliers team, are they going to fall in love with a three-point shot? And it's something we have talked about on the show before, but now you have guys on that Cavs roster that can flat-out stroke the ball. I mean, Channing Frye, as we just talked about, is a guy that can step out and shoot the three-ball. We know that Kevin Love is a guy that can shoot the three-ball. J.R. Smith is a guy that can shoot the three-ball. I mean, look, we know in the Atlanta series this is a team that made how many three-point shots in 
Uh, that series, what was it, like 77, 78? I mean, it was an absurd number. I think for me, when I take a look at Cleveland, it's not getting caught up in the three-point shooting affair uh, with Golden State. We know that's what Golden State does. And I think for Cleveland, that's what you can do. But if you start taking as many threes as Golden State and trying to answer three-point shot for three-point shot, this could be a quick series. I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's going to be a sweep, but I think playing to Cleveland's strengths, which is half-court offense, being methodical, and allowing guys like LeBron James, Irving, and Kevin Love to be very, very efficient. And I also think, too, before we go to break, and we're going to have John Michael on, who is the radio play-by-play voice for the Cleveland Cavaliers coming up here to talk about Game 1, and we're really excited about that. I also think, too, and it's pretty simple, but I think it's going to be a big deal in this game, and that is LeBron James being very efficient. We know how good he played in the finals last year, mainly because he had to with all the injuries that team had. But LeBron James can't have, you know, four for 20 performances or, or nine for 26 performances shooting-wise. He needs to be their best player, and he needs to be their best player offensively, whether that's distributing the basketball or whether that's not settling for jump shots. Because I think if you're Golden State, and even though LeBron James may be open for a 15- or 18-footer, I think you'll take that all day. Just like I think Cleveland will take if, if Golden State's going to chuck, uh, chuck up a bunch of three-point shots. I, I think they'll, they'll say, okay, I, I dare you. If you want to take 50 three-point shots in this game, go ahead. If you make them, hey, you know what? Then so be it. But I think for Cleveland, look, there's a lot of X factors, but it, it, it doesn't matter much if LeBron James isn't efficient offensively. Now, I think we can ask John Michael defensively, who does LeBron match up against? I know you had talked about Draymond Green is a guy that maybe he can shut down. I mean, is Klay Thompson a guy who is more of a catch-and-shoot type guy? Does he lock him down? If you take Klay Thompson out of the equation, you know, you're taking a big part of what Golden State does and making him irrelevant. So I think the matchups are really interesting. Uh, I will ask him about the uh, Timothy Mozgov. I, I'm, I'm curious, to, do, does Ty Lue just throw him in there to see what he can do? I mean, I, I had a decent playoff run last year. I know you were talking about some of the deficiencies he had, but, I mean, do you, do you play him just a little bit just to, to mix things up? I think it's something John Michael can talk about when we return. Again, you are listening to the Rodian and Linnelli Show. So glad you are with us here on a Thursday. We're talking NBA Finals. It begins finally tonight. And here to talk about it coming up next is John Michael, the radio voice of the Cleveland Cavaliers, right here on the Rodian and Linnelli Show. I'm Rodian Manelli on Fan Hey guys, it's Rody from the Rodian Linnelli Show. Father's Day is coming up. Fasha! His what? His Ferger? It's Ferger. His Fasha! You know what I would love from my kids? Heck, any dad would love it. An order from Omaha Steaks. That's right, a limited time offer. You can get a package with a $250 value for only $49.99. All you have to do, go to the website, place your order, use our promo code RLS. That's RLS for Rodi and Linnelli Show. Use our code $250 worth of great premium meats 
for only $49.99. I'm talking sirloin. I'm talking ribeye. I'm talking hamburgers, chicken. It's all there. Oh, yeah. Go there now. And best of all, Omaha Steaks, they deliver quality. A 100% promise that you're satisfied. If not, they'll replace it. So don't wait. Go now. Go and place your order now so you can be just as happy as I am this Father's Day or make your father just as happy as I am. Debating sports is a part of everyday life for millions and millions of sports fans all over, not just the United States, but the world. Greg and I talk and debate sports every day on our talk shows, but it doesn't just end there. Greg, tell them where we can continue our conversation. Well, Rody, it's the Fandings app. It's available in the App Store for your iPhone right now. The topics you hear us discuss and debate on our show daily are up for debate on the Fandings app for you to not just debate with one another, but also with us. Who was the best running back to walk away from the NFL early? And you say Jim Brown, but your friend says Barry Sanders. Come over to the Fandings app. Not only is it the perfect forum with no restrictions on the length of your response, but people will view and judge your debate as it's happening. So you want to bring your A-game and facts if you want to convince the judges that your answer is the right one. That's all I have to say about that. Plus, the more you play, judge, and win, the more you work your way up the ranks. Check out your very own fan card that you can personalize with your own bio and picture. Reach new levels with every victory, and you can earn cool prizes along the way. So download the Fannings app to your iPhone for free right now and start debating right away. You don't want to miss out on all this fun. Are you looking for an entertaining and informative sports talk show? Are you listening? Look no farther than the Roadie and Lanelli Show with Richard Rodewall. First of all, let me say. Oh, boy. I've never been as close to literally not giving a damn. And Greg Lanelli. In your moment of rage, is it worth it? There is no better way to start your morning than with the Roadie and Lanelli Show from 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. Monday through Friday right here on AM 670 powered by Yahoo Sports Radio. You don't have to listen to us to make up your mind as to how great the Fanning Sports Debate app is. Just listen to longtime NFLer Nick Ferguson. We have these barbershop debates all the time, and it's a great way for individuals to kind of put that conversation on social media and allow others to kind of chime in. So it's a way of finally having those debates, and it is re- it's really fun. So if you don't have the app, you know, I encourage you to get it and also engage in, in what I call wise, respectable commentary. And I just put it that way. Fanning. sports will never be the same. This is Kurt Dingman. You're listening to Rody and Vanelli on Fanning. All right, welcome back to the Rody and Vanelli show here on AM670 The Score in Vegas. By the way, if you want to debate some of these topics we have make sure you go to the fanning sports debate app download that to your iphone uh, we've got close to 100 questions right now pertaining to the sports world and uh, something that we're talking about heavily on the show not only yesterday but today the nba finals between cleveland and golden state and here to talk about it a good friend of mine 
He is the Cavaliers radio play-by-play -play voice. John Michael joining us here on the Rodian Lanelli Show. And John, first off, bud, great to be with you again. And, man, I, I got to think for an announcer, back-to-back -back years where you get an opportunity to call uh, the NBA Finals, that's got to be quite a thrill. Yeah, it's not bad. Uh, good to be on the show, Greg. I tell you what's funny. Like, when I started my pro career combined in baseball, hockey, and basketball, my first 13 seasons, I didn't call a single playoff game up until last season. So I guess it's all kind of evening out now, which is almost impossible to do when you're doing sports for more teams to not make the playoffs. I went oh for my first 13 seasons. So uh, so hopefully we're evening out a little bit and uh, we get it rolling tonight in game one of these NBA finals. Well, let's get right into it, John. You know, you talk about Cleveland and an opportunity to get back at Golden State, and I feel they probably feel like being healthy heading into these finals is uh, – a big improvement over last year. Do you get the sense there is a quiet confidence with this Cavaliers team, understanding that, yes, even though it is a different year and Golden State had an unbelievable regular season, that the Cavaliers feel like, you know what, when healthy, you know, we feel like we can beat this team? I do, and, and you know, it's it's such a different dynamic than, than what happened last year. Of course, the Cavaliers lost Kevin Love uh, in the first round of the playoffs. They lose Kyrie Irving uh, for good in game one of the NBA Finals, so two of their top three scorers. We're out of the lineup, uh, and it, everything basically was on the broad shoulders of LeBron James, who, by the way, willed the Cavaliers to winning two of the first three games before the Cavaliers bowed out in six. But uh, they do know it's a different season, and they've been really dynamic offensively in terms of their efficiency. They've been number one in the playoffs so far, uh, so they hope to continue that. You know, and on the other side of the ledger, Greg, I mean, I think Golden State feels like they have something to prove, too. I mean, they I'm sure that they heard – all summer, well, you know, if the Cavaliers were healthy, it could have been a different series. And, and to me, I actually think that they felt like they had something to prove coming into the regular season, and that may have played a part in why they were cooking right off the bat, winning their first 24 regular season games, finishing with 73 wins, best ever uh, in NBA history. So I, I think there's been a little something extra driving them as well that may be based upon last season's finals. And you know, that team hearing the whispers that if the Cavs were healthy, it may have, might have been a different outcome. So I, I think this is a beauty. I think everybody's been excited for this. Uh, the NBA's got to be thrilled with this rematch, and it all gets cooking tonight uh, in game number one. Well, John, as you check out this series, and we talk about matchups all the time, and Steph Curry, a guy that I'm sure is going to be motivated in this finals as well. A lot of people feel like, you know, hey, um, you know, Steph's not a great defender. He's just a great scorer. Uh, Cleveland didn't have their their big guns last year. That's why Golden State was able to get by and, and win that series. I'm sure he's going to be motivated, but I guess an interesting question would be who starts off the series guarding Steph Curry? And, and John, is it as simple as if Cleveland wins this series, they're able to contain Steph Curry? Well, you know, I mean, Golden State's multifaceted. I, don't, I think that might be oversimplifying it a little bit, but if you can slow Steph down, obviously you give yourself a much better chance of winning. Now, remember, Clay Thompson when Oklahoma City had some success uh, against Steph. Uh, he was the one who picked it up, particularly in games five, six, and seven, as the Warriors worked from a 3-1 deficit to, to move into the finals uh, after taking out the Thunder. So, it, it, to me, Greg, there's so many layers to this matchup, and that might be the biggest. Who will guard Steph Curry? Who will guard Clay Thompson? I mean, the Cavaliers' starting guards are Kyrie Irving and J.R. Smith, but don't forget also that LeBron James might switch on to one of those players as well. And I think, actually, I wouldn't be surprised if Teron Lue mixes and matches. You know, guys who start the game guarding those players might not be the guys who finish the game guarding those players. So, uh, yeah, is that a huge, huge question? It is. How do you slow this team down? And don't forget, too, Draymond Green's a triple threat. He can be dynamic 
from that power forward position that uh, he's been all season long. So, but like I said, the Warriors have a lot of different ways to attack. They have a strong bench as well. Let's not forget about their rotation players too. So uh, guarding this team will be obviously at a premium uh, and how they do it, uh, I think is one of the most intriguing questions coming into this series. It's one thing to have Kevin Love healthy, ready to go. It's another for him to, when he's open, knock down shots and be a force John, in these finals. Have you seen that during these playoffs? Has it been hit or miss with Kevin Love? I think, Greg, his first eight games, the sweeps against Detroit and Atlanta, that was the best eight-game stretch that he has had as a Cavalier, period, since joining this team two summers ago. Now, he had a couple of bumpy games against Toronto, but for the most part, you know, Kevin's a confidence guy, you know, and for the most part, I think he is more comfortable right now than he ever has been, uh, you know, in wine and gold of the Cavaliers. So, yeah, I, I think the Cavaliers make a concerted effort to get him involved early in games because he is a confidence-type guy. Uh, you know, he, he wears it on his sleeve, uh, and if they can keep him comfortable and keep him within that offensive flow, I think it behooves him to do so throughout this series to give them that third threat, uh, not only from the outside, but also he can post up as well. You know, Kevin, a lot of people, because he hits all the threes and you see that on the highlights all the time, you forget what a good post-up player he is when he gets himself down there on the block. So I, I think oh, for Kevin, it's just stay aggressive. Stay comfortable. This is a team that tells them if you miss your first eight or ten shots, we don't care. If you're open, you got to keep shooting because we need you to do that, and we need you to trust your ability. So Kevin Love, I think, is going to be critical in this series. How he defends Draymond Green is going to be a big deal. You know, even if he defends Draymond Green, it actually might be Tristan Thompson who gets switched out to guard Green uh, with Love sinking back inside the battle with a seven footer in Bogut. So you know, like I said, a lot of a lot of questions coming into this one in terms of how they're going to mix and match defensively. But I agree with you, Greg, that, that Kevin Love and his play is going to be essential for the Cavaliers uh, if they're going to achieve their ultimate goal in this series. You know, my broadcast partner, Richard Rodewald, who spent a lot of time doing radio in the Cleveland area, he feels like Draymond Green might be the most valuable player for Golden State, maybe the most important player. Do you get the sense, and again, matchups dictate how things uh, turn out a lot of times, John, do you get the sense that uh, that could be a matchup LeBron James takes upon himself defensively and tries to shut down Draymond Green, a guy that's versatile that can shoot the three and also take it to the rack. Sure, I think at times we'll see that. I do. I think at times we'll see that. But I, I actually, Greg, think that you know he's going to probably spend more time on a player like Clay Thompson, particularly if those two guards start cooking uh, and getting it going. So, so we're going to see. You know, and it depends if LeBron, you know, his usage rate offensively, if he needs to, you know, rest for a couple of times down the floor on that defensive end, do you want him running around chasing guards or do you want him back there dealing with Draymond Green? But I I, I do agree with you that Draymond Green is critical to this team's success. I mean, he can do so many things. Triple doubles, he was second only to Russell Westbrook this season. Uh, so he's special, and he's a big part of this team. And, uh, you know, like Kevin Love's play will be assessed with the Cavs' success. But I don't think there's any question. The same for Draymond Green and the Warriors. John Michael, the radio voice of the Cleveland Cavaliers, joining us here on the Rodin Linelli Show as we get you set for the NBA Finals Game 1 tonight. Cleveland taking on Golden State on the road. John, which Cavs team do you think we'll see in this series? The three-point shooting team from the Atlanta series or the team that, at least in the games they won, made it a point to get to the basket and in the paint, especially against Toronto? If you're Teron Lou, the answer to that question is whatever the defense gives us. That's how he wants <laughs> right. the Cavaliers to play it. You know, and it's interesting. Cavs aren't really a three-point cheating team, Greg. But they go into that Atlanta series. Mike Budenholzer is heck bent on cutting off the paint, making sure the Cavaliers don't drive. That's what do the Cavaliers do? They're like, oh, you know, they say, okay, we'll just drive and kick to open guys 
and they had 77 threes in a four-game series. I mean, they were only 3-3 shy of averaging 20 made threes per game in that sweep of Atlanta. So then, you know, you go to the Toronto series. What does Dwayne Casey do? The first game, he puts guys out around the perimeter. They're not leaving Kevin Love in the corner. And what happens? You open up the lanes for the world-class drivers in LeBron James and Kyrie Irving. And the Cavaliers in games one and two of the conference finals against Toronto score 56 and then 50 points in the paint in those first two games. And they run Toronto right off the floor before, you know, eventually Toronto adjusted and, you know, started taking some of those drives away. So I think if you're the Cavs, the idea is take what is given. Don't try to force anything. The threes there, shoot the threes because the Cavs have, you know, they did shoot a lot of threes this season, even though, you know, they tend to bristle at being called a three-point team. So uh, I think a lot of it's going to be dictated on how Steve Kerr plays it and how that defense for the Warriors comes out against the Cavaliers. You know, John, we were able to see Oklahoma City go big and have some success with Cancer and, and Steve Adams out of Pittsburgh. And I'm wondering, and I know he hasn't um, – made an impact in these playoffs yet. Uh, do we see Timothy Mozgov at all in this series if Cleveland decides, you know what, small ball isn't working, let's see if we go a little bit big because we did see Oklahoma City at times hurt Golden State. We could. We could. And Mozgov, let's not forget, Mozgov had a huge finals last season. You know, he's fallen out of the rotation for the Cavaliers, but he had a huge finals. He was part of the Cavaliers starting five. It was Thompson at the four. And Moskov, who played the five uh, and started throughout that series and really throughout the playoffs. So he's there and he's ready and he can play if the if the games are Moskov type games. Now, whether that's going to be the case, we'll see. You mentioned Canner. You know, Canner had some, had some decent moments, some decent stretches during that series. But at times, you know, when Canner was out there too long, Steve Kerr would go with that smaller lineup and at times just run him right, right off the floor. You know, Billy Donovan didn't have a choice but to bring him out. Uh, at certain stretches when, you know, the, the matchups dictated when Steve Kerr was able to go small and do that. So, you know, it, it remains to be seen, but he certainly has a weapon in Toronto lose Arsenal, and I don't think he'd hesitate to use him should the game dictate that, that they need the seven-foot Russian in there in the lineup. Radio voice of the Cleveland Cavaliers, John Michael, joining us here on the Rody and Linelli Show. John, in your opinion, who's the most important non-Big 3 member to the Cavs in this series? That's a really good question. I, I think if the Cavs are going to win this series, they need to step it up defensively, particularly on the perimeter. And to me, that falls on either Matt Dellavedova or on Iman Shumpert. You know, I, I think the natural answer to that question originally, Greg, would be J.R. Smith, because when he gets hot and he starts hitting from three, he can be really dangerous. And now let's not forget, too, J.R. has had a strong defensive season. Uh, I had some lapses in the Toronto series, but for the most part, he's been really good defensively out around that perimeter for the Cavs. They'll need him to continue to do that in this series. But to me, defense, if the Cavs are going to win this series, the Cavaliers are going to have to do it defensively, particularly out on the perimeter. And you look to guys like Shumpert, who really was brought in here from New York to be a defensive stopper, and Matt Delavadova, who could, you know, irritate Mother Teresa, you know, out there on the floor. He right. could be a pest as well and to do the kind of things that he does. So I, I'd point to th those two guys first and foremost uh, as maybe unsung heroes, maybe X-Factors in this series. How does Ty Lue seem heading into his first finals as a head coach? Obviously, a, a whirlwind season for him, riding the ship a little bit with this Cavs team. And, look, you get to the finals, you're doing something right. But how has he kind of handled the playoffs and handling this moment tonight? Great. With complete poise. I mean, that you would, you know, that you would never expect necessarily out of a first-year coach, and not just a first-year coach, one that was a midseason replacement, 
uh, from a guy in David Blatt who started the season 30 and 11. So that, you know, the circumstances weren't ideal, but, you know, general manager David Griffin made the move because he saw something in that locker room. And, and there certainly has been a change in that locker room in terms of, you know, the trust factor, like we mentioned, in terms of holding players accountable and particularly the communication. Teron Lou's been through it as a player. The word you hear from the players all the time is poised or he remains poised in that huddle. And let's think about, you know, the run that the Cavs have had in the playoffs. He goes up against a couple of pretty good tacticians, Stan Van Gundy in Detroit, Mike Budenholzer in Atlanta last season's coach of the year, and then Dwayne Casey uh, for Toronto, and, and he's pushed all the right buttons. He really has throughout. He's made adjustments, necessary adjustments that the Cavaliers have needed, maybe most notably, Greg, uh, switching the Cavaliers' rotation to start the second and the fourth quarters with LeBron plus the four main rotation guys in Delavadova, Shumpert, Jefferson, and, and the newly acquired Channing Fry. So uh, he's made the right moves. And, again, he has more weapons. He has had more weapons, you know, than the three teams that the Cavs have faced in the playoffs. Uh, but he continues to do it with poise to, to make the right moves, and I think he's been great. And, and, and by the way, uh, he started his playoff coaching career 10-0, the first new coach ever to do that in a debut, passing Pat Riley, who rattled off nine straight back in 82 with the Lakers. So, uh, so far, so good. He now is going to be challenged, you know, talent-wise. That talent level is, is even coming into this one, uh, if not in favor, maybe, of the Warriors, depending upon the way you look at it. So Ty's going to be tested, and uh, I think he's ready to go starting tonight. John, two more questions for you. What are some of the signs that will signal to you that the Cavaliers maybe aren't playing their game? In other words, you know, that oh. might be in a little bit of trouble if you see them, whether settling for jump shots or – certain guys doing things that they typically don't do. Is there, will you know pretty quickly this Cavs team that, all right, you know what, something's not right. And conversely, the other side that, all right, things are clicking for this team. I know they feel confident, and this is going to be a really, really long series. You know, it's a good question because it, it kind of compares and contrasts the two ways the Cavaliers had played ball prior to Tron Lue being hired and after. You know, when the Cavs, would, when things would get hard, you know, as they do in the playoffs, when the defensive pressure is where it needs to be, the Cavs at times would revert back to playing iso ball. A lot of dribbling, not a lot of ball movement. You know, guys just out of instinct tend to fall back on what they've done their whole careers, and that's, you know, I can beat guys one-on-one. -on -one. I'm one of the best players in the world, and I'm going to go do that. When the Cavs are playing their best basketball, as they have down the stretch, they're moving the ball. They're getting out and running. They're, they're shooting early in the shot clock. And we're not talking about mid-range jumpers early in the shot clock, Greg. We're talking about getting good quality shots in the paint or wide open looks at threes. Uh, and they're playing a little bit faster. I, I think those are the keys to the Cavs that they need to continue to play fast, uh, but taking good shots. I mean, an early a shot early in the shot clock that isn't a good shot, particularly against this Warrior team, so often leads to the ball. Uh, in the other basket as this Warrior team is number one at fast break points. So I, I think they have to play a smart brand of basketball uh, in terms of their pace. But when you see that iso ball, I think that's a bad sign for the Cavs. Fortunately, we haven't seen that in the postseason, and the Cavs hopefully have weaned that out of their system uh, as we've progressed uh, in these playoffs. Good stuff all the way around. And then I'm not going to ask you for a prediction per se with who wins or who loses. If you want to do that, John, you certainly can. But do you get the sense this is going to go – the distance that you wouldn't be surprised if this goes seven games? Greg, honest to goodness, if this game, I mean, if this year, nothing would surprise me. If this series goes seven games, wouldn't be surprised. If it goes Warriors in five, not surprised. Cavs in five, not surprised. I don't, I've watched every dribble that this team has had all season long. I don't have the slightest idea right. or inkling how this one's going to go. You know, I, obviously we're going to get a better sense after we see game one and how this is all going to play out. But we haven't seen 
this Cavalier team, the way they are playing right now against Golden State. Now, the Warriors won both regular season matchups. Both occurred before the coaching change, before the Cavs really kind of found their rhythm uh, as they did down the stretch. So, honestly, goodness, truth, not not a single thing would surprise me in this series, which is part of why I think it's so special, why the NBA is so excited about this finals rematch and so people, so many people around the world are as well. Well, John, we were excited to have you on, Get up, in, getting up this early in the morning here on the Rodian and Lanelli Show here in Las Vegas to uh, talk about um, the finals between Cleveland and Golden State. I know you're really excited to get back and uh, call this game and get underway, and we appreciate you taking the time to uh, talk about it with us. Thanks so much, bud. Oh, you got it. Any time, my friend. All right, there he goes. John Michael, the radio voice of the Cleveland Cavaliers, only here on the Rodian and Lanelli Show can you get that kind of access. and. It's interesting. John is a good friend of mine. Uh, growing up in Pittsburgh, we both called high school games together. And we had John on last year, and we talked about his rise as a play-by-play guy. This guy, I believe, has a law degree from Notre Dame, decided, you know what, don't want to do that right now, went the route of play-by-play and started in high school games, then did some some baseball, did some minor league hockey, and here he is right now calling his second consecutive NBA final for the Cleveland Cavaliers. It's a tremendous story. You know, we talk about the athletes involved and things like this, but how about the broadcasters as well? Everybody has a story, and for the most part, all of them are pretty good. So John Michael, the radio voice of the Cleveland Cavaliers, joining us here on the Rodian and Lanelli Show. We always appreciate that. Don't forget, download the Fanding Sports Debate app to your iPhone. A bunch of NBA final questions for you to debate. In addition to the NHL, we've got pro football. We've got the best of the rest. We've got the Rodian and Lanelli category. Just so many great things happening over at Fanning's. So make sure you check that out as well. All right, enjoy the game tonight. Rodian and I will have some opinions on it come Friday. And as always, you are listening to the Rodi and Lanelli Show. What are you going to do? Maybe we should put on the dirty movie. I like the ones with a story. What? I like the ones with a white girl. You're listening to Rodi and Lanelli with Richard Rodewalt. You can grab a big old handful of full of something you don't want to do. Mmm. It's And Greg Lanelli. Who wants it? Because I'm kicking your ass. I'm kicking your ass, and I'm definitely kicking your ass with a mustache. Give me a hell yeah! Mess you up! That's not going to be good for business. That's not going to be good for anybody. Hey guys, it's Rody from the Rody Linelli Show. Father's Day is coming up. Fasha! His what? His farger? It's a furger. Hishbasha. You know what I would love from my kids? Heck, any dad would love it. An order from Omaha Steaks. That's right. A limited time offer. You can get a package with a $250 value for only $49.99. All you have to do, go to the website, place your order, use our promo code RLS. That's RLS for Rody and Lanelli Show. Use our code, $250 worth of great premium meats for only $49.99. I'm talking sirloin. I'm talking ribeye. I'm talking hamburgers, chicken. It's all there. Oh, yeah. Go there now, and best of all, Omaha Steaks, 
They deliver quality, a 100% promise that you're satisfied. If not, they'll replace it. So don't wait. Go now. Go and place your order now so you can be just as happy as I am this Father's Day or make your father just as happy as I am.